0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on this show is Joe from Marble Strength out of Freehold, New Jersey. Welcome to the show, Joe. How are you today?
2: I'm good. Thanks for having me.
1: Excited to have you here and to learn more about Marvel strength, who you guys are, what you do. But before we kind of dive into that, give me a little bit of backstory. You know, what was it that led to you going and opening up this fitness business, this brand?
2: Yeah, so uh, we opened back in 2016. Uh, Prior to that, I was working in a restaurant and then sort of quit that job to pursue a more athletic endeavors with Olympic weightlifting. And I started working in working in my, my coach at the time, his, his gym facility in Brooklyn. So I'm from Brooklyn and, um, it didn't work out. So, so I quit that job, uh, kind of quickly and, uh, basically ended up in a friend's garage training people. And you can only get so far working out of a garage, but I, I did what I could. Um, my girlfriend at the time, who was now my wife supported me uh, greatly. So I, I appreciate her. Thank you, Aaron. And, um, out of the garage my friend he wanted to open a gym as well so we sort of toyed around with the idea of how to move outside of Brooklyn and get into New Jersey even though we knew not one person in New Jersey other than his parents which wasn't going to help us in any way but uh, we eventually sort of made our way out to Freehold New Jersey we found a space that we liked um, and I kind of just needed a job he kind of just wanted something else to do and We opened a gym facility and I don't recommend anybody doing that without a better plan than we had, because we didn't have one and we just opened the doors and nobody came in. So it's kind of like a misconception where you be like, Oh, we're going to open this gym. It's going to be awesome. And we're going to tell everybody about it and they're all going to come in. It's going to be great. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. Especially when you spend all your money building it out and then you have nothing left for marketing. So word to the wise, definitely save some money uh, for marketing and get yourself a business coach to open a facility. I highly recommend that. Um, <laughs> that, came, that came much later, but uh, so we opened in 2016. Uh, like I said, we didn't really have much of a plan other than uh, having the door open. And uh, we kind of got lucky maybe a month later, there was a, a new, I don't know if you're familiar with the new you challenge. I've heard of it. So they were going around. This was in 2016 when everybody was doing like these six week challenges and it was all about Facebook marketing. And they basically marketed a six week challenge for our gym and we hosted it. And uh, that's basically how we started in state and stayed in business it was because of the new you challenge.
1: Yeah. People like want a reason to go to the gym. Like we have to be really strategic in this fitness business, people to get people in the front door. Cause kind of like you said, like we can build out this gym, have awesome equipment, but like People aren't just going to walk in the door and we're not just going to blow up. Like we have to be strategic about how we're going to get on.
2: Yeah, there was a, it was definitely a struggle and a lot of like arguments going on between me and my business partner at the time. And uh, that's just because we didn't know what we were doing. And um, I was getting frustrated. He was getting frustrated. So we would just battle each other out. And uh, basically nothing was happening because we didn't know what to do we didn't know what the next step was but we sort of like made it through that period basically because of those challenges we ran like three or four of them within like a year and that's how we sort of maintained business and stayed open and we sort of evolved a little bit from there grew a little bit and we were a crossfit at the time so we were formerly crossfit dark athletics we recently just dropped the name uh so now we're Marble strength uh i'm also he's no longer a business partner he sort of left during the pandemic but that's a whole other thing and uh, so we're just sort of in the last six and a half, seven years, we've evolved the business to be more of a strength and conditioning facility, uh, a little bit more uh, optimized towards people's goals, a little bit more personal. And we sort of geared away from the CrossFit just a little bit because it just wasn't, we weren't holding the same value. So we ended up dropping it. Now we're Marble Strength and Freehold, New Jersey.
1: Gotcha. So that's who you are now. Now dive in a little bit deeper, for us. Give us your best elevator pitch of marble strength now as you currently stand. What services do you provide? Kind of paint that picture for our listener here.
2: So like I said, we are a strength and conditioning facility with an emphasis in uh, Olympic weightlifting and powerlifting. Uh, We do um, general fitness, weight loss, nutrition program a lot of one-on-ones personal training because uh, it's just hard to get anybody into really like the most people that walk in the door we want them to get be successful so our first questions are going to get to know everybody here I want to know what your goals are and what your timeline is to achieve those so we set up meetings with everybody on the regular basis I'm checking in constantly uh, what we want to see is people achieving their goals, or at least on the road to achieving those goals, within a six week period. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as we also have a competitive team, so if you're feeling a little bit more competitive, we compete regularly in weightlifting and powerlifting, and I do not push any other competitions here.
1: Okay, got you. So you do have your general fitness, but you do have some competitive athletes that you train in the facility as well, kind of opens up the market there. Like you can work with pretty much anybody. Um, so that's exciting. Now you mentioned you have the one-on-one personal training. Do you have classes as well that you guys do?
2: So we do group training, small group training, one-on-ones, uh, nutrition. Uh, like I said, weightlifting in that capacity. And we have a little bit of everything we work with everybody from age uh nine to 76 and those are also competitive weightlifters in that okay. range too um and we deal with everybody who's just looking to lose weight looking to build strength like if you come into the door and i don't think we can help you we will recommend somebody else to help you i'm not, I, I do not take everybody into the facility because i just honestly and you probably know we can't you can't help everybody in right. your facility, like if somebody has a specific pain or something that they need help with, maybe I'm not the right person to help you out with that. And our coaches here might not be the best fit. So we'll recommend either going to a PT or another gym that specializes in that program.
1: Got to. Um, Okay, so what would you say is the bread and butter service? Or would you say that it's pretty evenly spread amongst the different services that you offer?
2: So we have like a hybrid program where um we do a little bit of one-on-ones and group training and that's been primarily what we've been operating with for the past six months Mm
3: -hmm.
2: um we like when people are uh committed to a process like i don't want to work with somebody who's just here for a month i will tell them you can go somewhere else because it's just not gonna like i I can't get to know you in a month and whether or not you're gonna show up is is hard for me so i don't want to be annoying and be like hey how come you're not coming to the gym although i will be but I don't like to be. Uh, So I don't like to chase after people. And most people that come in here, they're committed to a process. They have something that they need help with. And that's kind of where we're at. We try to give them the direction that will best fit them to achieve their goals in a reasonable amount of time. Lose weight, build strength, whatever.
1: Kind of give them a customized approach as an individual, help them achieve what they're looking to achieve. Okay, so um, membership-wise... How many okay? First of all, how many trainers are there? How many of you guys are working in the facility?
2: Yeah, so the right now I am the only full time employee, but I have like nine coaches that work part time here and basically take up most of the group training, uh, cover most of the classes and stuff like that. I have one uh coach who will take on most of the morning uh personal training uh, clients, and another. Two coaches who take on the evening ones if we have. So depends on what time works for the client will depend on which coach
1: is available. Okay, got you. Um, so you know, that's quite a few part-time um coaches to kind of supplement that client-wise. How many clients are you guys working with right now? About
4: 85
2: to 90. Okay. We're about we're about in that range right now. Uh we're closing in on a hundred but like, it's not really about having more people. It's about having the better services that we can provide for them. So like, right. I'm not, uh, not interested in taking on a hundred more members just for group training, because that's may or may not let them achieve what they need to achieve. You know, So like, I don't like throwing people just into group training.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I think that, growth doesn't always have to mean having a hundred more members growth can mean, okay, well, what services can we provide to our clients now to give them the best level of service and kind of grow within. Um, so, you know, you've, you have 90, hundred members, somewhere in that range. What have you done? How have you guys really obtained those clients? Where have you gone to find them?
2: So a lot of it is, um, word of mouth and just being present on social media um we've done like bring a friend stuff and that's helped a little bit a lot of our members are family members so they are husband and wife or daughters sons we have like a good little like community of like little families within the family you know Mm -hmm. so a lot of it's been like been that and um just word of mouth for the most part uh we used to do a lot of facebook ads and those would get us a lot of leads but some of them were really cold leads and it's hard to really get those people to even walk in the door because you're scrolling through instagram you're scrolling through facebook and may, maybe you want to do something but most likely you just filled out a form and then it you know it someone called you be like eh, i don't really want to talk to you yeah and it's it's harder to get those people but for the most part it's like it's it's word of mouth because you want people to know what our service is and explain it for you. Those are going to be the best marketing that any business can have.
1: Yeah. I think word of mouth is always going to be generally our favorite because it's free. And when we have good word of mouth, like our clients talk about us, they tell their friends, their friends come in, they already trust us. They already know what to expect. Um, and we can like continue that process um, with like the marketing side, Facebook, et cetera. You do run into more challenges, kind of like you talked about, you would put out an ad and those are generally going to be colder leads. We have to be super strategic in how we follow up with them um, to get them to come in the front door. Um, And that costs a lot of time. If you're just one person working on the business, it's very difficult to make time for that and figure out a process that actually works. But I have seen and from personal experience been very successful with that um, after a lot of trial and tribulation. Sure. Um, when was the last time that you guys did those ads? Like, was it pre-pandemic, post-pandemic?
2: Oh, it was probably we uh, we switched over to um, Gym Lead Machine for our website. So now if once we did that, I think we stopped doing Facebook ads and just let them sort of automate a lot of our processes. So it's, it's really about having a system in place that will automate some certain things. So whenever a lead comes in, the website sort of has its automated process, which will text them email and sort of just be on top of that lead. So for the most part um, that's been our process for probably six or seven months now. Yeah. Uh, I haven't really run any ads And if I did, it was for like a few days just to see if something would happen, but I didn't put any effort into it. So nothing happened, (laughs) obviously.
1: (laughs) Got you. Um, So my next question, I like to ask this on the podcast because I think there's a lot of value in talking about the things that we're doing that that have worked and have been successful as there is in talking about, you know, the challenges, the bottlenecks in our business. So what would you consider to be the biggest challenge for you guys business-wise right now? And what are you doing to work on overcoming that?
2: Business-wise, um, I'd say it's just keeping everything, everybody engaged. I guess it's hard, some people that come in. Um, I like to outline a a sort of a journey for them, so that they have an idea of what they're looking for in the first month, the second month, and the third month. And most of the people that we work with, when they do the one-on-one stuff, they're great. They'll they're always available for that, and then somewhere along the line, things sort of drop off with group training. So that's where I'm trying to think of how I can navigate through having more one-on-ones and less group training for them at a reasonable price that won't really break their bank too badly. But, you know, I still make money at the end too, because I want to be able to help people, but I don't want to like put it at such a low cost that I'm basically giving it away and it's not worth, worth it. So it has to be worth it for everybody. So I'm trying to figure that part out yet. And uh, I work with a, a business coach and he sort of helps me out with that as well.
1: Yeah. Um, so really looking at creating like that value point for this personal training where it's like worth your time, but it's also like realistic for anybody to take advantage of that service. Does it sound accurate?
2: Yeah, just I, I, one, I'm not the best uh, salesman. So I, I'm not so great at the interview process and talking to everybody. I, I enjoy learning about everybody and doing that, but it's hard for me to think about coaching classes, coaching group, doing one-on-ones, and then also taking in the consultations. So like I said, I'm pretty much the only one who's full-time here. So I handle most of 90% of everything here. But I do have some help, but it, it does like hinder certain processes. So that's really me as, it's a learning process. And even in my seventh year of business, it still gets, it's still
4: difficult.
1: (laughs) But it's it's, hard to wear like every single hat. Yeah, And like, you can be good at some things, but it's okay to not be good at all of them as long as you're taking like chance to like learn and become better at the things that you're not great at. Um, You mentioned there that you wouldn't consider yourself like, a salesman, a salesperson, but you like talking to the client. So like, what does that process look like when a new lead comes in the front door?
2: It's a new lead. We're just asking them what their uh, reason is to get in touch with us. Like, what are you looking for? Is, uh, first, it'll probably be a phone call or text message, just going back and forth for a few times, just to see if it's something that we can help them with. Um, if we can, we set up a one-on-one. I as talk to, talk to them the same way I would talk to anybody else. What, what do you want to do? How is your, what have you been doing? What have you been struggling with? And it's really just trying to get to know people and get to know, get them to know us a little bit too, because it's very awkward meeting people for the first time and they don't know what they're getting into. I don't know who I'm talking to. So we have to have a little bit of a conversation just to get through that process. And if it's a fit, it's a, it's a fit. That's great. But I'm not trying to like push anybody towards anything. I want them to want to do it and want to make them improve their
1: lives. Definitely. Yeah. We want to, I think the biggest thing is like, we need to get to know them. We need to get to know their fitness journey and how we can help them and get them to see how we can help them reach that result. And how do we do that? Like through having like a humanized conversation with them um, learning about their experience. Like it can't be salesy. It has to be real yeah. uh, because people don't want to like walk into a situation where they're being sold a gym membership. Um, it's just, yeah.
2: and that's not how I like to make it feel. I just want them to know that I'm, I love working with people. I love helping. Like I want to see everybody successful that walks in this door. Like I it's, that's what gets me up in the morning. You know, like, I don't want to just be like, all right, here's, what it costs here's a sheet of paper with our options I don't even have that so I just I have the options I lay it out for them what I think would be the best plan and if they like it great if not I'll just be like all right well what about this what about that and we'll keep going from there but I mean I'm not trying to if it doesn't work doesn't work I'm not trying to just push anything on everybody
1: Mm -hmm. so um, you know I like to ask this next question we talked about the challenge but like goal situation i hand you a magic wand all your dreams all your goals for marvel strength came true what would that picture look like for you jeff
2: well one i would not be wearing all the hats Mm
1: -hmm. just
2: make one maybe wear one hat (laughs) so (laughs) ideally the goal for this year is to have or the goal for the next year is to have one or two full-time coaches just Mm to help the processes go along a little bit smoother. And I think my coaches are better at coaching than I am most of the time, because they're not as divided. You know, they, 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 their job is to coach. My job is to keep give them opportunities to be successful as well. So mm-hmm. that's the the ultimate goal of this gym is to help other people be successful both in their career and in our our clients and members' health. So the magic wand, um, the gym is running basically. Uh, not on its own, but you know, with me being here a little bit less, more doing the behind the scenes stuff
1: mm-hmm.
2: and having my coaches actually thrive with a career. That's a, that's what I'm after.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think like it opens up the opportunity, like having some help with the coaching side of things, it it opens up the opportunity for you to really work more on the business, on the growth of the business rather than like in the business. And as a business owner, that's something super common that we see, not even just in this industry, but in any industry is like business owners tend to work so much in the day to day of their business that they have no time to focus on the next big thing for their business or to focus on, you know, the little challenges within the business, the, the holes in the bucket, we can't focus on those things. If we're coaching 10 classes, you know, a week or or whatever it might be. So um, I'm excited to see you get into a position where you have some more help and you wear one hat, um, (laughs) (laughs) not five. Um, What piece of advice would you give somebody who's kind of fairly new to the, the, fitness industry, you know, they just started out, you know, owning their own gym today.
2: I would definitely save money for marketing and a business coach to open a facility. If you're going to do anything like that today, no matter what business, I think you need somebody's help to do it because even as coaches for athletes and fitness members, whatever it is, um, everybody needs someone else to just sort of ask questions to and sort of, you know, lean on in, in case of need. And I definitely think that that helps a ton, especially when you're just opening a facility because we had no idea what we were doing. So I don't recommend just doing it that way. (laughs) Don't just throw money at problems. That's not a good idea. But um, definitely find somebody that has been through the situation and been through the the chaos of it and can help you sort of navigate through. Mm
1: -hmm. That's my
2: biggest piece of advice.
1: Yeah, I think like it's so important to find somebody who can help you with the things that you might not be an expert at. We don't know what we don't know, but there's probably somebody out there who does know a little bit more than us who can help us become even better at that thing that we do. So that's a great piece of advice and I'm glad that you were able to bring that to our attention and I'm happy to hear that you found a business coach. You found somebody to help you with that thing. You know, you didn't know what you were doing but you found somebody who did to help you get to where you want to go. So props to you for making that decision. Where can our listeners go to find you guys online? What's your Instagram or your Facebook page?
2: So we are marblestrength.com. We are on marblestrength on Instagram. Uh, Weightlifting is marbleweightlifting. And that's pretty much all of our social media.
1: Easy enough for us to find Thank you so much, Joe, for being here today. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, guys, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description. Our team will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Jim Lords out.
0: Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode.
5: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez, and joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Jason with Blitz45 out of Colorado. Jason, what's up, man? Happy Wednesday. How are you feeling today?
6: I'm doing good, man. We just had two good classes this morning and uh, ready to get on with the rest of the day.
5: There we go. There we go. And uh, we're excited to have you on, and I think we're about ready to dive into the nitty-gritty here of what you have going on with Blitz45. And I want to start with a very basic question, which is how many members are you serving currently?
6: Oh, we're, we're serving 100 members right now. i looking to serve. You know, I think at capacity, we could probably hold close to 300 if we, if we structure right. But um, I know we're, we're setting this tight around 100, and we're just trying to increase every day.
5: Okay. Yeah. And um, for you guys, I mean, what's been the best method to get new people interested and through the door?
6: Uh, it's really that that part has been difficult. Um, getting people to show up has been the hardest challenge for us, and we still struggle with it. Um, the The good thing is, when we get them in the door, we're really efficient at getting them to stay because once they see what we have to offer, um, they love they love to stay around. It's just been a, it's a lot of uh, nurturing, a lot of lead follow ups. Um, you just got to consistently you know stay with people don't get frustrated when they when they try to find excuses and just try to inspire them to to just take a chance on themselves and come in and at least see what you have to offer and usually yeah. once you get them in the door and you get to have that conversation with them about what their goals are not even necessarily what we can do but to to help them figure out in their own mind what they need to do for themselves and then help them try to match that with the services we offer
5: yeah, and um, I know you said uh, the biggest thing has been getting them right through the door. And mm-hmm. uh, so do you mean getting them actually interested or after they inquire, getting them to
3: walk through?
6: Yeah, after they inquire, even getting them to, to walk through. Like we get tons of appointments that are scheduled and we follow up, we follow up, we follow up. And then they're like, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. And then I'm not coming. Yeah. You know, and then- you, you call them back and if you if you're lucky enough to get them to answer you know you're like hey you know um you got to do what's right for you I understand but you know if you really want to help yourself it's free to come in and just sit down and talk with us and we can we can see where you're at with things you know and yeah. uh, usually like I said we're really we're really good at helping people if we can get them to the door and uh, that's yeah. that's just the part where we struggle with and we struggle with that um we struggle with that in both locations and I'm in a couple of gym ownership networks. And it seems like lately a lot of people across the board have just been struggling with that. And um, no matter how good your lead nurturing skills are, sometimes it's just difficult, but yeah. Um,
5: I agree. I, I want to piggyback on what you said, where it's, it's the hardest thing about fitness and, and essentially Right. You're, you're kind of selling them to come through the door, right? Whether you you, you like sales or not. I mean, you're, you're doing that. And I think the hardest thing that I've realized is trying to sell a belief in them that they don't have, right? Because they already think, why should I even go through the door if I can't even do it? I've tried so many times. And so that's why I'm, I'm pretty sure you've heard it. It's like, hey, like, this is the biggest step just coming through the door because most people don't even walk in. And so I think right. that's like the hardest thing to do. And it's like, it's almost like, well, like a, an algorithm, like how can we figure that out? And it's like, what's the secret? And so I think that, but again, I agree with you um, on, on that point there, Jason, where it's like, I think everybody struggles with that. So, um, and, and, and kind of moving on here, you know, I think you said you're around that hundred mark uh, and I'm really curious. I mean, what's capacity look like, right? I mean, if leads, traffic clients, these things are hypothetically unlimited. I mean, how much higher could you guys go or handle?
6: Hypothetically, we could do twenty-five people a class, um, five classes a day, so you know, one hundred twenty-five okay. people a day. Yeah. Most people come on an average of three days a week. Most people don't come all six days a week. Yeah. So you know, if you plan for that and you use your class reservation scale effectively, you could you could probably very easily entertain. 250 to 300 people out of yeah. here and still make sure that they get the quality service that they deserve and pay for.
5: Yeah, I agree. It's exactly what I was thinking as well. As about 300 mark. I think after that, it probably gets a little uncomfortable, right? Because you'll probably have people coming at those times. Well, we
6: would have, we would have to add more classes at that point. Um, that's, gotcha. we could look at capacity and adding more classes. We do personal training um, during off, off session hours. Um, mm-hmm. I do personal training for people. So Um, I just have to scale some of that back and open up more classes as demand goes up.
5: Yeah. Okay.
6: And um, now
5: I want to ask you a little bit of a longer winded question, but a good question in itself. And um, if you need me to repeat anything again, Jason, just let me know, but uh, uh, what we've been discussing and what we use most prominently in the fitness and gym, what are going to be three pillars of business. Okay. And that's going to be number one, your lead generation, right? Which is just your marketing, getting people in and through the door, right? Then you have number two, your acquisition, getting somebody from an interested client to a paying client. And then number three, it's your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process.
3: So of those three, where do you feel like you could improve the most?
6: Mm. Uh, I think it's just getting them to commit. Um, most of the people that become members stay unless, you know, life events get in the way. But a vast majority of our, our membership base has been here for uh, quite a long time. And uh, they continue to come because they, they really like the way that we train and uh, how we help them get through things and uh, how we motivate them. The fact that um we do our best to keep them accountable too um when we don't see somebody for a few days we usually reach out to them and uh um make sure everything's going all right and uh they they tend to like that we we, we keep tabs on people as much as possible um and uh keep them honest and keep them coming back and uh, that really works out well for us i guess it's just uh getting the newer people in and uh and that's just probably where we need to improve the most. And unfortunately, yeah. I mean, you know, marketing is super expensive. And uh we're doing the best that we can between two different places. And uh I'm still trying to uh retire from the military right now, presently. So I have a wow. lot of stuff on my plate at once, which makes it really difficult. There's only so many hours in the day, yeah. And uh, but we're we're trying our best to to keep things growing and uh, check all the blocks. It's just a lot of work.
5: Yeah. Yeah. And I appreciate the honesty and transparency. I want to say that, Jason, let's take a step back and just say, thank you. Um, I think when you can put success to the side and still admit you can improve in certain places and be honest on air with us and the viewers, I think that's huge. So thank you for that, Jason. Seriously. I really appreciate that perspective. Um, I've, I've got two more questions for you. My two favorite questions of the day. What's the bigger picture? Let's say five, 10 years down the road with Blitz 45. What are you guys really trying to accomplish?
6: I mean, down the road, we'd love to have three more franchises open. We, we own the rights to three more. We'd love to build Blitz 45. It's the only one in Colorado Springs right now. It's the only one in Colorado right now. So we would love to be able to um, expand um, North and South a little bit, maybe down to Fountain, Castle Rock, Aurora, Denver, Parker, somewhere there, those, those directions, we'd love to expand the brand. It's uh, it's just uh, for most people who don't have a ton of time to spend in, in a gym every day for 45 minutes, all you have to do is show up, you know, the workouts are already planned. A personal trainer is going to run you through everything. He's going to make sure that you meet all your required uh, required marks and everything's done safely. We track your progress with our heart rate monitors we can, we also offer nutritional counseling and training, um, on site we do in body scans. Um, so we take care of people that, you know, people that have busy lifestyles and just want to be fit, maybe not necessarily the pinnacle of aesthetics, but healthy, fit, stronger, leaner, you know, we, we make that happen. We've had people that have been here, um, for a year that have lost 70 pounds. We've had people that have put on lean significant amounts of lean muscle mass we do a really good job of uh full body training programs that benefit you know 90 percent of people's fitness goals and then the ones who have the specific special fitness goals we also assist them with uh, personal training on the side because you know one size fits all doesn't work for the large group setting so sometimes when you have a more specific goal we have ways to help you uh achieve those goals. Um, We also teach powerlifting and athletic training on the side. Um, I have six state records for men's one alpha masters in uh, Colorado for powerlifting. Um Ken, my business partner, um, he has coached people to 15 different state records already in two years. Um hasn't had anybody that showed up for a competition that hasn't finished first or second since we've started training. So we we're very good at what we do. We understand um, different levels of fitness, different types of fitness, how to meet people's needs. Um, It's just trying to get people to understand that everything that they see on the internet or what other people might be doing may not necessarily be the right or the safest thing. That's been a challenge, but um, when we get them to see and invest in themselves and they, they see a couple of weeks down the road, Hey, I'm moving faster. I'm doing these things outside of other people. Um, It's it's just great to hear that feedback. Yeah, hundred percent. Doesn't make doesn't it's not good for me, but for me it feels good to help them. It's it's not like I didn't get into this to to get rich. I got into it to um, because it's just been something I've always been passionate about. Um, Physical fitness and nutrition has just been a way of life for me. It's big in the military, but helping people overcome those goals that make them uncomfortable with themselves. That's, that's where I get my value from. It's, it's just trying to help people and watching them get better, feel better about themselves, gain that confidence and just live life. And, you know,
5: Being in the business of helping people. I I love that. I love how you mentioned that. I think that's such a, a, a great point because I think a lot of gym owners lose sight of that, right? It's like, that's why you started. That's why you became yeah I'm pretty I mean not sure if you're a personal trainer when you first started but you know you start off as that you say hey like I, this changed my life I want to help change other people's lives and at that point you genuinely are changing lives you I mean you're adding more years to their lives I mean you're like how can you put a price on someone or for somebody to you know, see their kids a little bit longer right or to you know have longevity whatever it may be so it's like I think it is so true that you are in the business of helping people and you know and I hear it oftentimes you know I, I mean I want to kind of piggyback on this too, Jason, right? It's like at the end of the day, you know, realistically, when you are in the business of helping people, it's like the money will come eventually, right? Because it's like the more people you help, the more money that will come from it. So again, it's not your intention to jump into it for profit. Because at that point, you'll never be able to help anybody because you're just focused on the dollar sign and nobody's going to be able to trust you because like, wow, like I don't feel like, eh? how many times have you gone to a big box gym? And it's like, you feel like you're a dollar sign. You don't feel like a person. You're just trying to get you in, get you like the biggest package and that's it you know, so that's their model. That's it. It's so true. It's yeah, so true. So, uh, thank you for that, Jason. I got one more question. That was a mic drop of an answer. I'll tell you that, but I got one more question for you, man. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, if you could go back in time here, Jason, to when you first started at the gym, sit yourself down with the knowledge you have now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started the gym, what would that advice be for you?
6: Oh, um, that's easy. Um, It doesn't matter how educated you are, um, as a personal trainer in physical fitness in nutrition, if you don't understand the business aspect of the side of the house, you definitely need to get some, get some education on how to run a business, basically financially. Um, we, we wasted a lot of money, um, paying for people to do things that we could have done ourselves easily, um, without knowing. And, uh, we, we have that conversation all the time. We're like, man, if we'd have known this stuff before we got in, we'd have saved thousands and thousands of dollars. Wow. So it's just better to, to get that, that business education behind you or find yourself a good mentor, even maybe shadow somebody that owns a gym for a while to learn the ins good and point. outs. Um, we've been in gyms all our lives. And like I said, we understand fitness, we understand training. But when it comes to paying the bills, um, financing things, getting funding. Um, those things were a huge challenge for us. And that's where we we had most of our difficulty at. Wow. Advertising as well. You could, you could, if you can learn as much as you can about how to market, um, because primarily everybody markets on social media now. And uh, marketing on social media is not the simplest thing in the world. So you oftentimes end up paying to have somebody do it. But if you really get the time to spend a couple hours and sit down and figure it out, you can really save yourself a lot of money by cutting out the middleman for a lot of things that though it takes a little bit of time, it's not as difficult as it initially appears.
5: Jason, that was a mic drop of an answer, man. Like, it's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, I mean, please, if you have any social media, Facebook website, where can people find out more about you and the gym?
6: Uh, um alphagainsllc.com is one of our uh one of our websites and the other one is blitz45fitness.com real easy to find us uh, a lot of information on there Um, we're always out and about uh, in colorado springs we're going to be at the women's fitness expo coming up the first weekend in november we'll have a booth there doing free body scans for people um, talking about experiences and and how we can help everybody um, achieve their fitness and nutrition goals. Because at the end of the day, it's all about a you know a better you. You know, mindset, motivation, and results. That's what there we, we go. do.
5: Yeah, we absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast, and I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. If you don't mind sticking around for two more seconds, I just want to let you know how you can get the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. I'm just going to go ahead and sign everybody else out over here. Okay.
6: Okay. Perfect. And you. to
5: everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in, join us to talk about your fitness business, click link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out.
0: Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up, right after this word from one of our sponsors.
3: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Jim Lawrence Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, we have Jess from Hybrid Fitness coming to you from Bath, New York. Jess, what's going on? How are you today?
4: Good, thanks. How are you? I am
3: doing very, very well. I, I can't wait to pick your brain. I think Jess and I got to, to chatting a little bit before starting this recording, and, and there's an interesting dynamic and background as to how we got here in the first place. So I'm excited to to see your perspective on the fitness industry and your tenure so far. I don't want to paint on your canvas though, Jess. So first things first for a little bit of context here, hybrid fitness. What is this gym? What is this about? Tell me the, the, the elevator pitch for how you describe this to other people.
4: So I would say that hybrid fitness is just your small town gym. Um, We named it hybrid fitness because we don't wanna be stuck in one mold. We want to incorporate many different things in it. That's why we offer several classes throughout the year periodically. Um, We also don't wanna fit the mold with one type of member. We wanna be open to any age group, any person, any skill level or knowledge of lifting or any fitness in general.
3: Yeah, and so kind of the, the something for everybody sort of feel. Right. Tell the audience here how you became the owner of this, because I think that's an interesting tale. (laughs) The gym existed prior to your involvement. At what point in time did the idea sprout in your head? Hey, I think we could take this venture over. How did we get here today?
4: Well, like you said, the gym was has been around in this area under different ownership for 10 years before my husband and I even decided it was something we wanted to do. And unfortunately, COVID hit, and the gym kind of was very neglected. And my husband and I, who have collectively lost 200 pounds in this gym, said, you know, we could do better. This gym could do better, and this community deserves better. And We just happened to see the previous owner in the gym one day and we kind of walked up to him and was like, hey, why don't you let us buy your gym? We're from this area. We know these people. Let us do it. And he said, yes. And (laughs) then I guess we went from there because we didn't expect to get the answer we got, but then we were committed.
3: Yeah now we're here right didn't quite plan for it didn't think that didn't grow up as a little girl dreaming of one day owning a gym but not at all (laughs) it uh it fell in our laps somewhat in the time that you've been the owner here what's been your favorite part about owning this kind of a business And, and follow that up with what's been the hardest part about owning this kind of a business
4: um I think I can speak for my husband and I that it's just the atmosphere that we love. My husband and I are very outgoing um, and we just love meeting new people and hearing their stories and seeing somebody who comes in and, you know, say their goal is to like run a marathon or their goal is to lose weight and helping them do that or seeing them work really hard and achieve that goal is like one of our favorite things. We actually do a thing on our social media pages called a Motivation Monday and we try to that first monday of every month host one of our members and the success that they've had whether that be lose weight or achieve a marathon win or recently we had a member who actually worked for the former owner and is a friend of ours he has been working really hard he was actually an actor in california was on ncis but came back home and wanted to be a trooper and he made it and he didn't think he was going to and we're like good for you man
3: heartwarming
4: yeah. And it's like, that's what it is. It's like, we have real relationships with these people. So they're like, I are extended family in a way. So it's just like seeing them succeed or coming in and saying, having that platform to say, guys, I've had like a terrible day. I want to work it out. Um, There's a I big say- difference
3: in the, in the fitness industry between like big city commercialized gym oh, and yeah. the small town, like everybody knows everybody fitness yeah. center. I think that even the mindset between the two is, is vastly different. Yeah. What's been, so, so what's been the, the hardest, most challenging aspect of it?
4: I would say for my husband, and I feel pretty confidently saying this, the hardest part for him is finding that time to actually be a member here too. My husband and I still oh. work out in our gym. We keep that presence there, you know, the same equipment you're using, we're using. And I think sometimes when people see us in there, they'd rather chat and not realize that, you know, we're trying to get our work done to work on ourselves. For myself, I would say the hardest part is being a female in a very male driven industry. Um, If I had to categorize how I personally work out, I work out as a power lifter. Um, My PR for bench is 225. So, you know, a lot of men aren't very accepting of women who can, you know, kind of push the same weight. So I happen to be a very aggressive personality. So my instant defense is to kind of like, you know, talk crap, (laughs) but which doesn't um, necessarily serve you when
3: these people are paying you. Yeah.
4: (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, it's just finding that balance of um, getting respect as a female in a male driven industry, really.
3: Yeah. Did you anticipate before you guys took the gym over that, these kinds of things would be challenges or did you, I guess, did you think that it would be as much work as
4: it is? Not at all. Not, yeah. not at all. Um, I, I tell people we have a, um, a member who was actually moved to Buffalo and he's contacted us. Hey, I'm thinking about starting a gym. And the, our one advice is like start it from the ground up because we kind of took over somebody else's problem. And yeah. I think that is a little bit different than, you know, some gym owners who kind of have their own, their own startup but we had we like i had said before the gym had kind of been really run down and it was really not well thought of and i just remember my husband and i made like this huge presence on facebook like listen we bought the gym and the people who came back who are like we just had to make sure for sure that somebody else bought this gym and it wasn't the previous owners
1: yeah. but there's still
4: uh, a population of people who are like eh, they're done with the gym or it's... they don't believe that it's really changing
3: yeah. Culture is is an incredibly difficult thing to measure and an even more difficult thing to change. We still probably have some lingering members from the previous regime who yeah. know how things were and they do things their way. And especially in yep. a business model like this, it can be difficult to to kind of correct the ship, if you will. You mentioned that that Facebook was a huge focus for you guys as you took over. Is that kind of the the spearhead of how we market this thing and, and get the word out there?
4: I think to some degree. Yes. Um, we don't have, I can't even tell you like maybe like maybe 700 likes or whatever on Facebook and Instagram, but we were lucky enough that when we took over the gym, there was some phenomenal staff and what, and I say phenomenal, we have like gone above and beyond to make the, the staff family to us and a one of those staff members, um, Justin Marshall. I'm gonna put a shout out to him because he's really trying to make way in the fitness industry. But he is going to school for social media marketing, and he just like took over our page for us, thankfully, because I'm 35 and I don't even. It's know, a hard thing, right? Yeah, <laughs> like I'm people, not good with technology. Fitness um, industry
3: and technology typically are are opposite yeah. ends of the spectrum. And um,
4: sure. we also did this. This huge campaign, when we first opened, we did like a scavenger hunt through our town. So like we took our logo and a lot of the local businesses put it in their window and we're like, if you find this logo, tag us in it on social media and you'll be, I think it was like one of three month membership. And it was huge. Like I couldn't believe the people who did it. (laughs)
3: Yeah. This gentleman going to school for social media marketing, have you guys ventured into putting some money or a budget behind advertising on social media or has it all been organic so far
4: it's all been organic we haven't really and I think some of it is like we definitely should but yeah I was gonna, that was gonna be my
3: next question is do yeah. you think that's in the cards for you in the
4: future oh yeah um unfortunately Justin is like chasing his own dreams in DC he's doing great for himself and it's just not feasible for him to like keep up with our page um but we do have another um another employee has stopped up and asked to take that responsibility his name's brad and he's fabulous yeah. and these young kids know how to do it i certainly don't so i might as well let them it's, have it yeah. and you know throw <laughs> throw them a little bit of cash to do it but i think long term we're probably gonna have to do a little bit more investment in that for ourselves
3: yeah i think it's it's funny because fitness and social media we already said fitness people are typically oh, yeah. not The most technologically savvy, and certainly with newer platforms at least. But fitness kind of lives and dies, at least from the customer perspective, on social media, right? Oh, yeah. People are looking at Facebook, people are looking at Instagram. If we're not at least on these platforms and somewhat active, there's a good chance that people are going to go elsewhere. And so I think you're spot on with turning your focus more towards that, even if it hasn't been so far, turning your focus more towards that in the future. Take me to the next step in the process here, Jess. Somebody reaches out, interested in joining the gym or training with you in some capacity. Who are they talking with and and what's that sales process typically like before they eventually sign up?
4: I think um, we're lucky here. We have like an array of people that walk in. So um, if it was an older person, you know, I say like 65 and older, we would just kind of talk them through the fact that somebody's here to help them use the machines, to walk them through the process, because that population really wants to be in here because they don't want their joints to get all stiff, but they don't know what they're doing. And so usually they're talking to myself. A lot of times they're talking to my husband. I will say that is the one thing about that man that he brings to this gym, among other things, is like he is just an approachable personality. He will talk to Anybody and hey, you're uncomfortable. Why don't you jump in with me? Why don't you work out with me? Let me show you something. He is notorious for he will write up a plan for somebody and just say, Hey, I want you to succeed. So that's the kind of mentality that anybody who calls the gym or anybody who steps into the gym would get. So if you come into the gym or you call the gym and one of my staff is on the phone, hey, what are your goals? What do you want to do? Let me see what we can do to help you reach those under the, the capacity of what you have. Yeah.
3: yeah. Is it, is it typically him that's handling a lot of these kind of initial sales conversations? Is it just like a front desk staff? Do we have dedicated salespeople?
4: Where, we don't have any dedicated salespeople and it genuinely is the nature of who's there at that time. My husband and I are in then? that gym. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, like I said, my husband and I are in there all the time. I work there. Like I work like a shift there. Whereas like when we come in and work out later on in the day, we're both there. And when we're both there, I think he kind of takes that over for me or the okay. person at the front and desk does. Cause you know, you get worn out. You kind of want, yeah. like I said before, you want to put your headphones sure. in and go. And I'm so lucky that he does a lot of that. Like, I can't tell you how many times we've been in the middle of a workout and he's been chatting with someone Is like, hey, this person's jumping in. And I'm like, that's fantastic. Like, get them in there because we tell all of our friends that the fitness industry is the friendliest yet most intimidating industry to be in. People forget that anybody who is in shape or in there working out or seems to have it all together started somewhere. So that's like kind of what we want to bring the friendlier side to it. historically fitness people have
3: this distorted worldview that everybody cares about the gym as much as they do. Yep. I agree with yep. you.
4: Uh,
3: now, when they sign up, are they are they signing up for a, a general monthly membership or do you guys have other things other services that you kind of layer on there.
4: So we have um, tiered memberships. We have those month to month memberships at one rate. And then we do a 5, 10, 15% discount for additional months. So like it'd be one month to say $40. If you want to do three months, all paid in full, it's another price and same with six month and 12 months. We give the um, 12 month option at a discounted rate, say $35 a month, but it's an automatic withdrawal. Um, and then we offer personal training above and beyond that at a different okay. cost.
3: There's a lot, a lot. kind of a, what <laughs> makes the most sense for the person in, in terms of their commitment and their time frame. The personal training aspect of this is interesting, at least for our purposes in this conversation, because a lot of businesses in this kind of a model make just as much money from personal training as they do from general memberships.
4: Yeah. Is that a
3: big focus for you guys or do you think that that has room for for growth down the line?
4: So I think big focus in the fact that we have two certified personal trainers on staff. Um, I happen to be one of them and I currently have five individuals I work with. Um, So it's a focus in the fact that it's something that we offer. But I'm a firm believer of like if I'm doing my job as a trainer, you aren't going to need me very long yeah that's like if, fair and so like we when i say we collectively i mean myself my husband um and our other trainer curtis who he's a nationally ranked power lifter um we kind These of are qualified you know, people yeah like <laughs> we kind of like to push the programming part of it like mm-hmm. um i will sell you a 12-week program which tells you everything to do you can have my personal cell phone number and have all access to any one of the three of us sure. but after the first week of this program, when I'm showing you what to do, we'll do check-ins, but it's for you to learn on your own. Yeah,
3: Yeah. More quote unquote remote coaching. Yeah. At that point,
4: I, I have found that, um, not everybody wants to do it. They want to say they have a trainer, but they have no accountability to themselves. And I'm a firm believer of, I can't want it more than you. And as somebody who owns two businesses, we have two kids, very active in sports. we My husband has another job. I told you before, I'm getting my BSN. Like if I'm taking time from that, you should make that same time and effort into it. Fair.
3: Do you think in in terms of not even just the the personal training or the remote coaching, do you think in terms of growing this business overall, the bottleneck is interested people and and leads or do you think it's more time availability and being able to dedicate resources to this?
4: I think it's that's a tough one. I think maybe a little, it could, be both. Both. It, it
3: could be both. I yeah. think
4: it's both. I think in our area, COVID hit really hard, and you saw places that had been here for years and years and years closing. One of those places that closed was a very successful CrossFit gym where they have us, they have it all out for you. I'll show you what to do, you do it, and it's short and sweet 45 minutes, and it's done. Um, fortunately, like I stated before, we are very um, good friends with the previous owners and we can offer that. But a lot of people come in and say, I just don't want to have to think about it. I want a class that's going to show me how to do it. And to the our gym is not big enough for that at this time. Long term, we're hoping to be there to grow and have a bigger space, maybe build. But I think that's a, really the bottleneck of it people don't want to pay for the personal training they may not have time for the personal training they want something short and sweet to get the job done
3: yeah for you moving forward here what's the big picture with this kind of business how how far do you think you can take this business do you anticipate coming in full-time at any point where does where does the future lie for hybrid fitness
4: um we, we definitely, we have a five-year plan. And that's one thing about my husband and I were meticulous planners and we had this from the beginning. Um, we took a very aggressive loan out on the gym because of COVID. We didn't want to get stuck. And, yeah. you know, yeah. some gyms closed and we didn't want to be in a situation where we couldn't withstand going. So, um, We have a five-year plan, our loan is gonna be paid off and then we wanna build. We wanna have a bigger facility. We wanna have, I know my husband dreams of having like separate areas for classes. We want a turf in there. So um, I think at that point, my husband would quit his job and come work at the gym and that would be his full-time job or him first yeah and when I I really wish he could have worked that he's here because he's the passion behind it my husband goes into that gym and he is just very highly respected and he's always willing to help and I think that's the attitude that has made it so we pull number member membership numbers as high as some of the people in like corning which is for us you know double the population like we have more members in our small town gym than one of the cities around us. And that's, yep, yep. I, I think a lot because of him and his gratitude for the people and him, his willingness to just be there for them. Yeah. Not that the other We're, staff doesn't have that, but he's just, nobody, nobody cares
3: about your baby. Like you care about your baby. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's it. That's kind of the the icing on the cake here. We're running a bit shy on time, but we'll have that's to fine. get you back on Absolutely. at some point in the future and, and we can bring the passion part of this and, and make sure to get your husband involved before we sure. sign out of here entirely Jess where can people find a little bit more about hybrid is there a website is there social media where's the best place to go
4: so um, you could google hybrid fitness of bath um, and our logo will come up and it will have links to our social medias that's the best place to reach us if you want to get in touch with us message one of those social media pages that comes to my husband Josh and I Directly, so
3: that is perfect, simple, and straightforward. Jess, I can't thank you enough for for your time today. It sounds like you guys are just getting started in this business, so like I said, we'll we'll keep our eye on it and, and wish you nothing but the best moving forward. But I appreciate your time today.
4: Awesome, thank you so much for having us.
3: Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us, talk about your business model within the industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Moritz out.